Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. There are some intangibles that those projections failed to take into consideration. The crowd was going crazy. There's not much in life that's better than that. You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. Hello there. Welcome back to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Sam Lubman here with Joe the Butcher Boy Shasky. Episode 54. Shasky, 54. It feels like the number of hits that Casey Schmidt got last week. He was such a revelation. Uh, the Giants finally called him up. We got our wish that we made on opening day. Uh, so we're going to be talking about a lot of Casey Schmidt here today. We got some also other thoughts about the rest of the Giants team that is probably not as exciting. So let's start with the exciting stuff. Casey Schmidt, Shasky, you've been banging on the on the Casey Schmidt drum for months now. It finally happened. I want to know what was your reaction when you found out, when you got the Twitter for notification that Casey Schmidt was coming to the big leagues? Well, I was extremely excited as we celebrate the 54th episode of Garlic Fries and Baseball. Guys, I want to thank all the people that have been downloading, liking, and subscribing um, on our uh, Apple and iTunes and all the different feeds of how you you get podcasts. 54 for not Scott Alexander, Sergio Romo, one of the great giant arms of all time. So as we celebrate the 54th, the 55th episode, we'll be celebrating Tim Lincecum. I definitely want to get into that. Uh, Casey Schmidt. I was super excited to see him. Um, obviously, it stinks that Crawford got injured, but Estrada had kind of jammed his arm, you know, at shortstop. And actually, I think Estrada's been admirable at shortstop considering he's not a defensive first guy. So I was really excited to see Casey Schmidt. And boy, just one week. I mean, we, we've only gotten, what, five games? Whatever it is. Yeah. He hits a couple of jacks and... To me, he just looks different. I had a buddy go to the game Tuesday night, which was his first game, and he goes, and he's a big baseball guy, my buddy Jimbo, and he goes, the guy just fields the ball differently. I go, it's exactly what I've been telling you. And obviously the bat is a little farther along than we all thought because I think we all thought the bat was going to be kind of a struggle or at least a work in progress. His arm is electric. I can't remember the last time. I mean, really, he's a third baseman. That's what I view him as. I can't remember, and he got to play that yesterday. I can't remember a guy with that strong of an arm at third base since Matt Williams. Like, it's, seriously, and I'm not disrespecting Evan Longoria. He was a very good glove, but his arm was was plus. Casey's is plus, plus, plus. Oh, absolutely. You, I'm sure you saw the tweet from Sarah Lang. She put out, you know, Casey Schmidt threw that ball, you know, 92 miles an hour across the diamond. One of the hardest throws ever recorded in the StatCast era. I mean, you talk about hard throwing, you know, infielders. First one that comes to my mind is uh, Nafi Perez. Remember him? He had the oh, yeah. Nafi cannon at short. He was another guy who could throw it. Of course, I don't think they were tracking uh, shortstop throws back then, but that's Casey Schmidt. He was a former pitcher, so you know he's going to be bringing it on all these throws. And yeah, I mean, 
when I saw him come up, or when I heard he was coming up, it was exciting to me because like we're finally seeing the future arrive. Yes. This is what this is what we've been promised. This is what we've been kind of waiting to see here. We've been seeing, I mean, you know, we have Cole Waits. He showed up last year. He was the first uh, draft pick overall by Farhan to make it here. But this was the first position player. And this is where it really starts to kind of feel real that like the, the new wave, the reinforcements are coming. Um, like I remember, you know, back in 2008, you know, we had Pablo Sandoval come up. Now, no one was really waiting for Sandoval to arrive. But when he showed up and he started yeah. hitting every day, it changed the mood that Giants yep. fans felt like the Giants could go out. Maybe they lose. Maybe they get kicked around. Maybe they lose, you know, 10 to three. But Pablo Sandoval, he's the reason why they scored those three runs. And you're feeling excited like, oh, they lost. But that Sandoval guy, he looked really good. You're feeling that same way about Casey Schmidt. You know, win or lose, I don't care. Casey Schmidt went deep today, so I don't yeah. care. I'm happy. You know, that that uh, both those home runs were great. The home run he hit in Arizona, he, uh, as Mike Kruko liked to say, he really nutted that one. And it's just things like that. Like, I know the Giants still won that game, but I, I the loss, this is where a guy like Casey Schmidt really helps, is that when you lose baseball games, but he gets a couple hits, maybe yep. makes good defensive play. You can kind of, I don't want to say shake off the loss, but the loss doesn't sting as much because there's a positive that you could yeah. take with it. And as a fan, that's something that you need. And if you're Farhan Zaidi, that's something you absolutely need. Well, and one thing he provides almost immediately, athleticism. Mm -hmm. I mean, you should see this guy move left and right. Now, I don't even think he's their best athlete in terms of what they have in the minor league system, but... He, you could see it. I mean, he jumped for a couple of balls at shortstop. Clearly, he's got the glove. But how about the bat? Now, look, I don't think Crawford will be known for his bat. But this year, the bat is struggling. He's got 12 hits and 75 at-bats. In one week of being called up, listen to these numbers for Casey Schmidt. 11 hits in 24 at-bats, five runs scored, five RBIs, two home runs, and only four strikeouts. Three of them coming yesterday in, in basically a two-to-one you know, loss to, to Arizona. But when I look over at Arizona, because I went to the series this weekend, you know, and, and I'm sitting in the stands, and I'm saying, who is a must-see at-bat where I can't get up to go get food? I don't want to walk around and venture through the stadium. It's Casey Schmidt. I want to oh, totally. see Casey Schmidt hit. And not only is he driving the ball, but I watched him go oppo yesterday uh, on Saturday, excuse me, after not having the greatest day at the plate. Yeah, he took a little off his swing. He went opposite field. He gets the single again, 11 hits in his first week. And he joins a guy, Will Clark, in mm -hmm. homering in his first ever game as a San Francisco Giant. That's pretty cool. I think it's been an unbelievable banner week for Casey Schmidt. Is he a Hall of Fame talent? Come on. It's way too soon. But in terms of being excited because he represents the first wave of Farhan drafted guys to come through the system, let's go! I mean, is it too early on the Hall of Fame hype? No, it is. It absolutely is. But <laughs> when you're when you're a few games into your career and they're showing graphics of your name next to you know Willie McCovey's name, you you're doing something right. And exactly. that's what he got off to a great start. And that's what you want. You just want a good start. You know, when prospects have great starts, it just makes you feel a little bit better. I remember uh, I was at Buster Posey's first game in 2010. He had three hits that night. I think they were all singles. Whatever their singles singles are cool and whatnot. But you just were happy that he got off to a great start there. And that kind of set the tone. Brandon Crawford, his first game, he also went deep. And again, that sets the tone. Now, you talk about guys, you know, who do I get excited for in this lineup? Casey Schmidt, 
he's a he's a lean forward guy. You yeah. know, when when you're watching a Giants game, you know, I'm gonna slouch my chair. I'm like, yeah, whatever. This is boring. And Keith Schmidt is, uh, steps up. Ooh, all right, here exactly. we go. Casey Schmidt, here comes the thumb. You know, it reminds me of kind of like when Joey Bart came up yep. in 2020. I didn't care if Joey Bart was gonna do good or not, but when he stepped to the plate, it's like, all right, like here we go. This is what we want to see. And Sam. this kind of yeah. No, I was gonna let me let me just jump in here. Like, no, 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 go ahead. It, it's it's not only is like he exciting to watch, but it wasn't like oh he had four hits one day and then none for three or four days. Listen to these game logs since he came up. Now it's only one, two, three, four, five, six games in total. But hear me out here: two hits in his first game, two hits in his next game, four hits in the game after that, one hit, two hits, and yesterday, yeah, he had the three strikeouts. He went zero for four, but he's had a multi-hit game in four out of the six games that he's played. And he's hit safely in five of them. So, like, this isn't a guy who's feast or famine. Like, you're showing, and, and look, it's, it's the first week. Like, let's see what, what happens when, when the league adjusts to him, and then he has to make the adjustment to the league itself. Yeah, we can talk but, about that in a little bit. But, but, yeah, but, 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 but like, Sam, he's hit breaking balls. He's hit fastballs. I've seen him drive the ball down the left field line. I've seen him drive it to right center. I've seen him hit back up the middle. Like, I'm I'm really excited for this guy, and I don't know mm-hmm. what he could end up becoming. I don't know, man. All star, silver slugger, like put that to the side. Young, promising player who I hope can lead a charge of a wave of other young players to come through. That's all I want, and I, I want to see yeah. him play short, second, third base. I want it all. Yeah, and I think that like, again, I think that gets into, into the point of just the, the real excitement around Casey Schmidt, yes. and also just what it means for the organization. You know, we always talk about you know what's the direction of this team, what's the vision. I can't yep. see the vision. I always hear people saying that, and this is where you could finally start getting to the point where it's like this is the vision. Casey yep. Schmidt in the lineup, that is the vision. There was a moment, and uh, I think it was the Thursday night's game where it was in the ninth. Yeah, it was the ninth inning of Thursday night's game. You had a couple runners on already, and then uh, Casey Schmidt. It's a, you know, uh, line drive up the middle. That oh, No, he had the double there. He had the double there on uh, in the ninth inning Friday night. That brought in a run. Joey Bart hit a base hit. Mm. That brought up another run. Lamont Wade Jr. has the infield single that brings in another run. And I'm watching this. I'm like, that was your six, seven, eight guys right there. Like, that's kind of your future. Yeah. Like, you're wondering, what's the future of the Giants going to look like? J.D. Davis and Michael Conforto were ahead of them in the lineup. I don't know where J.D. Davis is in the well, future of the Giants. I definitely think he's a short-term option there. But the point is, you know, we always complain about how this lineup is full of guys who you don't think are going to be around. There's there's no reason to get attached to them. You know, but you had a, a four through eight slot right there that, you know, Davis, not Conforto, Schmidt, Bart, and Lamont Wade Jr., who you could look at and say, like, for the next three years, you know, plus, those are guys who you could maybe get attached to and expect to contribute to this lineup on a regular basis. Well, I, I think you're hitting the nail on the head. And also, you know, he went up against Zach Allen, who I believe to be one of the upper echelon pitchers in all of baseball. Forget oh, he's, just on, he's, on, he's on so many Cy Young favorites right now. Exactly. So. And I didn't think he looked overmatched, you know, and, and that to me is a good thing. A righty on righty matchup. Look, I, I'm just I'm excited. I'm optimistic. It's not even just Casey Schmidt. As him as himself, to me, it's what he represents: mm-hmm. optimism, hope, something exciting that's young. And as I look across the diamond at the Arizona Diamondbacks, their entire roster feels like it's twenty-five or younger. I mean, for the most oh, yeah. part, it really does. And they're a lot quicker, and they're smaller guys. Here's a tall, lanky dude, six-two. You know, I think he's about two ten, two fifteen. He'll grow into his body. But I'm seeing a young, athletic guy who's under 25. Like, yeah. 
I'm we need that. Yeah, I'm no, it's a great reason to be excited. We we really wanted to see him on the opening day yes. roster. We were bummed. I kind of want to talk about that a little bit. I know we're excited, but does the fact that it took so long for him to get up? I think a part of me, we, we talked about this with Bonte before the show this morning. You know, there was a little bit of frustration about yeah. the fact that it took so long. And I get that. I remember in 2010, we were waiting for Buster Posey to come up for a month. Mm-hmm. You know, why are we sticking with Benji Molina? And he finally <laughs> comes up. And there's a part of me that says, you know, I'm I'm irritated that he wasn't on the opening day roster. It would have been really cool to see him at Yankee Stadium toeing the line. Oh. And, you know, who knows? I, don't, I doubt he makes that. You know, the, maybe the Giants still probably lose two or three. I don't know. But it would have been nice to see him there. But th- there's another part of me that's like, looking back on it now, I don't care when Buster Posey got called up. Yeah, he got called up in May. But at the end of the year, do we really care? No, we didn't care that he got called up in May because they still won the World Series. I think there could come a point where maybe we don't carry that Casey Schmidt got called up so late, but I'm just kind of curious, what camp are you in? Are you in the, why did it take so long camp? Or are you in the, you know what? He's here. Let's just roll with it. Or is it a mix of both? I mean, right right now he's here. So I might as well just enjoy it, but I'm not going to lie. What what were we doing? Like really? He needed a month in the minors. Like really, really? Now Kyle Harrison, like I think Kyle Harrison still needs to learn how to go deeper in games, how to control the strike zone so he doesn't get his pitch count up. Um, he's 21 as opposed to 24. Uh, you know, seeing that they had a gaping hole up the middle in terms of their positional depth. Also, I'll give them this. They had to allow VR to almost play himself out of a spot because they were trying to reward him. And I get that. I really do. I, I get that thought process, but you didn't have a logical backup shortstop. And when Crawford kind of struggled out the gates, I mean, I, look, I'm not going to cry about it. I'm just happy he's here and I'm going to yeah. enjoy it. Now, the key is keep him up and he needs to play third, second, short, find spots for this guy, find spots for this guy. You know, another thing I noticed over the weekend, um, and I know we're going to, we're going off on a tangent. You met reference Lamont Wade Jr., He's much better defensively at first base than I gave him credit for. I know Brandon Belt said he was, and we kind of scoffed at that. But yeah, I mean, Lamont, he's, I'm not noticing his defense. And when I say that, I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, I'm not noticing it in a negative way. Like, I agree. Yeah, it's just, he's, I, I thought he like you said the best umpires are the umpires you never know. Yes. I feel like a great defender is like, obviously, yeah, you like your highlight, you know, plays that Brandon Crawford would make. But if I can't get gold glove caliber defense, yes. give me defense that I'm never, ever thinking about. Well, and, and that's kind of what Lamont Wade Jr. has done. Really quick, I do kind of want to just take a step back and just kind of talk about like the, the time it took for him to come up for Casey Oh, I'm Schmitt. sorry, yeah. Yeah, because I do have some thoughts there. I do believe, first off, I've from people I've talked to, there is kind of a, an industry-wide kind of preference to advance some of these guys up from the, from the minor leagues into the big leagues. Uh, again, this is, I don't know how serious certain teams are taking that. I know it's easy to look at kind of like a Julio Rodriguez and be like, well, why can't you just fast track him? Julio Rodriguez is a different kind of prospect. He's a unicorn. Casey Schmidt. Yeah, he is. So I think there was a little bit of that. I do know they wanted to get Casey Schmidt some time at second base. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that resulted in all of three games that he played there in Sacramento. I guess time at seconds, time at second. He did play a little bit of second in spring training, if I recall. Uh, I think another thing they really wanted to see out of Casey Schmidt was they really wanted to see him improve that walk rate. Uh, you talk about he's been 24 at bats in or 24. Yeah. 24 plate appearances in he's yet to draw a walk. Um, just really quick. His walk rates as he progressed through the minors at high a ball and 383 plate appearances, he had 11% walk rate and a 22% strikeout rate. And then at the next level, double a, it was a 4% walk rate, 22% strikeouts. That was an 127 plate appearances. And then at the triple a level, 161 plate appearances, 5% uh, walk rate. And he had no walks in AAA last year. Granted, not a whole lot of at-bats. And then a 20% strikeout rate. So I know they really wanted him to work on those numbers, maybe bring the strikeout rate down a bit, the walk rate up a bit. But then when you're hitting 313 and you're kind of hurting up the middle, 
he kind of forced their hand with the bat. And you know what? He's going to have to to work on those things at the big league level now. Do you know what Matt Williams's walk, walk rate was? Like, honest to God. Like, no. no that doesn't matter. <laughs> no, and he struck out a lot. But you know what? He hit the ball hard all over the place, and he hit for good power numbers, and he was great defensively. So I think we obsess about the walk. I'm going to be honest with you, and I watched it yesterday. Great example is yesterday. Batters four through nine. Okay, four through nine. Didn't get a hit yesterday. Their two-strike approach is abysmal. And, and Casey was one of those guys. They struck out 12 times again yesterday. I don't care about the walk. This team does not put the ball in play a whole lot. Casey yeah. is one of the few. Now, I know yesterday notwithstanding, but he's one of the few who does put the ball in play, right? Yeah. So I can live with that. On this team with high strikeout numbers across the board, he's not one of their high strikeout guys, at least through 25 at-bats. And it's a small – I mean, we're talking a small sample Oh, yeah, size. you could absolutely play a small sample size card here. I mean, but What are we expecting? These guys to be like perfectly baked cookies at the end of a, of a, of a two-month stint in the minors? I'll take the positives he can work on the walk rate over the next 10 years of his career at the big league level i'm not tripping on walks yeah he'll get there when he gets there but yeah it is something he's gonna have to work on you are listening to the baseball the garlic fries and baseball guys podcast sam lovin here with joe shasky we come at you every week with all the best giants content out there make sure you're liking reviewing subscribing and sharing tell everybody you want to know because we're really rising up there on those podcast numbers and we want you to be along for the ride we're talking about, you know, how can you improve the walk rate doing that at the big league level? Let's talk a little bit about what we want to see from Casey Schmidt, you know, in terms of just the expectations that are on there for him. Uh, I do feel like, again, we, we hyped him up a lot. You know, Bonte said on the show, you guys got me all psyched up for Casey Schmidt. He better be really good, blah, blah, blah. I do think there's a level of, there's excitement. I don't want to tamper the excitement at all for Casey Schmidt, but at the same time, like, I think we should also make sure that we're being kind of realistic in terms of what we want to see from Casey Sam, Schmidt. He's not gonna time. Four, Sam, he's not going to bat 450 for the whole year. Oh, I no, mean, obviously. That's not sustainable. Like, I'll, I'll start here, and you tell me what you think of this, Sammy. Yeah, go ahead. 275. If this guy bats 275, wouldn't that be unbelievable? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I look at it, it's like, again, I remember when Brandon Crawford came up, there was a lot of excitement about him. He was one of the, you know, he was a not super rated prospect. He was yeah. a highly regarded prospect. And again, kind of not really known for the bat, but could still put the you know bat in the ball and great defensively. Very similar to what we're hearing about Casey Schmidt. Now, again, we knew the, the we recall the growing pains that Crawford had. They were defensively, they were offensively. He still figured them out. When you're talking about, I guess, more long-term expectations for Casey Schmidt, if he could kind of have a career that is similar to what Brandon Crawford had, but maybe with a little bit better of a batting average, I'm signing off on that. Like right now, if, if future Sam appeared right in front of me said, Hey, you know, I just came from 15 years in the future and this is what Casey Schmidt did. It was like Brandon Crawford, but a little bit better hitting. Awesome. I'm, I'm really excited cool. for that. Like I will take that. Not every prospect needs to be a future hall of fame. I mean, it's great if they are, I mean, not every prospect can be Buster Posey, but just give me, can be a legitimate contributor in the lineup every day and be better at helping this team win baseball games and don't do a whole lot that makes this team okay. lose baseball games. His rookie year, I'm looking at it right now, Brandon Crawford. I'm going to go through the years. In 2011, he batted, he batted 204. I'm sorry, we're getting See, I think sorry, we're do a little bit better than that. <laughs> well, I, I, well, I'm looking I, at this. Oh, by the way, I'm getting some really bad feedback. Ooh, that's not good. Um, uh, anyway, I'm looking at He batted 204 his rookie year. 2012, 248. 2013, 248, 2014, 246, 2015, 256, and then in 2016, 275, back down to 253, 254, 228, 256, 298, 
down to 231, and then this year, 160. The point that I'm going at, he's an elite defensive player. No one denies that. He's always been around three or two strikeouts to one walk. That's about his ratio, somewhere in that range. And he wasn't a high walk guy. He just never was. Casey already has a better bat than Brandon Crawford. I'm willing to say that. Will he be the glove that Brandon Crawford is? And that's a tall task to ask. I mean, that, that the reputation suggests that he is. You're seeing him kind of working we'll with Crawford. So, I mean, I'm willing to I'm willing to set the expectations really high for Casey Schmidt uh, in the field in terms of what he can do with the glove. And there's going to come times he's going to have growing pains on defense. I remember the start of the 2012 season, you know, Brandon Crawford, he was having a rough time in the yes. field to start 2012. And then that fall, he's turning some of the most incredible plays I've ever seen in yes. the World Series. So, and I think you, you mentioned this in the last segment, you got to keep Schmidt in the lineup. Let yes. him go through these struggles. I think that's the worst thing the Giants could do is bring him up here for like three weeks, and then when he starts to go south, all right, you know what? Head back to Sacramento. Like, I don't think that would be a good idea for the Giants to do that. This is like the difference between Casey Schmidt and David VR. We can kind of maybe compare those two a little bit. Casey Schmidt is a very highly regarded prospect. The Giants drafted. Yeah. I think he was a what? He was a sandwich pick, second round pick in that 2012 mm-hmm. draft. You know, they put a lot of stock in him, whereas David VR, they just kind of they, they they brought him into the system and he kind of blossomed while in the system, you know, and then he he turned into a highly regarded prospect. You know, when a guy like that comes up, like VR comes up and he struggles, you never really expected him to be a major part of the future in the same way that you're expecting Casey Schmidt to be. So you kind of send him back down, get him some work, let him kind of rediscover his stroke and then bring him back up. But a guy like Casey Schmidt, a guy who you just you draft with us with the with the desire to say you will help be a guy in this lineup someday, then let him be a guy. Let him figure out how to be a guy. Remember in 2011, Brandon Crawford, not Brandon Crawford, Brandon Belt, sorry. He was yo-yoing up and down all year long. And I honestly think that really screwed him up that year. And that was another guy who going into that season, Brandon Belt was on some rookie of the year watch lists. And I thought the Giants absolutely botched his rookie year with, I think three times they called him up and down. It's hard to get a groove there. Let's let Casey Schmidt work through his flaws, work through his kinks because the league will start adjusting to him. Let him figure out how to work that adjustment. Yeah, that's a really good point, uh, you know, Sam. They, they, they have to let him kind of work through it. And, you know, as you compare and contrast him and VR, I don't know what to make of VR. Like, I, I really don't. I really don't know what to make of what happened with VR. He, he popped and he was hitting home runs. The strikeouts have been through the roof uh, over the last month or so. And I think it was appropriate to send him back down. I, I, I can understand where they're coming from. I mean, I'm looking at his numbers right now. He's batting 148 with 33 strikeouts and only eight walks. I mean, I know he's got the four home runs. He's only got 13 hits. So let's put this in perspective. He played almost two months and he's got 13 hits. And Casey Schmidt's played a week. He's got 11 hits, Yeah, right? So the bat is going to keep Casey Schmidt in the lineup. I think the glove gives him the opportunity. The bat will keep him in the lineup. So he's going to have to hit. And on this team right now, anything over 220 is excellent. (laughs) Let's call it what it is. No, absolutely. And I agree there. But this is where kind of the Giants are going to have to avoid panicking here. Because I think they they gave David VR a long leash. I agree. I'm not outraged. Are you? Oh, no, not at all. I like seeing – I mean, it was frustrating watching VR struggle yes, yes. more in that I want to see him do well. He's such a Me great too. guy. He's been – one thing I really like about David VR is, I mean, first off, incredibly nice guy, incredibly mm-hmm. just wonderful man to talk to. He kept the defense in, defensive intensity up while he was in the field. You know, it's it's so easy to let one – when the hitting goes, it's so easy to lose focus on the defense. And the fact that he could be – you know, mature enough as a big leaguer to separate the two, that's a positive sign. I do know with the VR that, 
he's he's a guy who he needs to have his mechanics in in, in sync. That hasn't really been there. They I know they want him maybe to kind of go work on some things, maybe down the lower levels in terms of just how he does his swing and just kind of the certain parts of his body that he moves there. So I understand that. With Casey Schmidt, though, when that adjustment comes, it's going to be incumbent on the Giants, I think, to really avoid hitting the panic button there. Yeah. And I think you're already starting to see kind of teams when when you show up to the big leagues and immediately you're being compared to Willie McCovey in terms of the results that you're doing, the league's going to take notice. And you saw it kind of the Dimebacks. They made, you know, he struck out three times yesterday, and they were throwing a lot of pitches outside the strike zone. I think that's what they're going to try and do. Well, Again, sorry, yeah, you want to go? No, I was going to say, you know, I think if you didn't re-sign Wilmer Flores – uh, and Wilmer's fine. I mean, he's fine. I'm not here to complain. Oh, I know, so. yeah, he's a stopgap. But this is where you get frustrated, right? Like, if you're a Giants fan and you're saying, like, young guys always getting blocked by old guys, you maybe would be able to tolerate David VR continuing to struggle because you don't have a Wilmer Flores, a right-handed guy who can only play first base. Like, maybe VR gets some of those spot opportunities at first base. Wilmer's just better than him right now, which sucks. I mean, it sucks yeah. to say out loud, but if you didn't have Wilmer, maybe you allow him a longer opportunity to fail at the big league level. But I do think he needs to go back down and work on some things to gain confidence and come back up. I still want to see him at second, at first, at third occasionally. Yeah, I mean, a guy like a Wilmer Flores, you keep him around because the Giants have this decision where they, they want to rebuild, but they don't want to tank at the same time, which I get that. Believe me, as a fan, the last thing I want to see is the Giants lose 100 games. I really don't. It's, it's Why? Kind of Why does that matter to you? It's kind of an arbitrary figure, but the Giants in their whole history have won 100 lost season. This 160 years of Giants baseball, only once have they lost 100 games, and that was around 100. They didn't go above that. And I do think there is something to say about just your organizational history, that if you can only have that one 100 lost season, you know, it, it's just it's a small thing, but it means to me personally as a fan, like you should not drop that low. A team like the Giants with this much money, with this much resources should not be a 100 loss team. The Dodgers, they haven't had a 100 loss season since, you know, World War One hadn't even happened yet since their last 100 loss season. The Yankees have never had one. I mean, you look at a team like a cart like the Cardinals. Can you remember the, ever the Cardinals having a 100 loss season? I mean, these are the elite pillar franchises of Major League Baseball, and the Giants should absolutely think of themselves as one of those. Let me, let me let me give you, you the counter. Have, you have small demerits like that. It takes away from that shot. I think the Giants should just hold a higher standard. Does anyone care that the Astros lost 100 games now? I mean, probably not. Uh, the, Does anyone care that the Red Sox have lost 100 games a, a variety of times? No. They've well, got four championships. Kind of, 2000. The side of, of that coin that I'm tossing there is that and this kind of leads me in my next thought. Yeah. I would be willing to soften my stance on that if the Giants are willing to just bring more guys up from the farm system. And it's like, you know what? Just bring the kids up, Ooh. let them play. And I kind of wrote about this for the station last week, you know, because okay. Casey Schmidt kind of prevent pre present a chance for the Giants to rewrite the narrative on their season. I brought this up here on the pod. But basically, with Schmidt, like, you know what? Let's just bring up some other guys. Let's bring up Matos. Let's bring up Ramos. Let's bring up Kyle Harrison. Let's bring up – I don't think Harrison's ready. Like, And I'm not one of these people to say, this guy's not ready. That Like, look at his game logs. You're looking at a guy pitching three and four innings at a time. I yeah. don't think he's ready to contribute. Now, that being said, their bullpen stinks, right? So yeah. if you didn't want him to start and you wanted him to – like the other day, they did a spot start on Brebbia. Why? Brebbia is – I'm not even a huge Brebbia fan, but – He's one of your most productive yeah. bullpen arms, and you're going to start him? Like, if that's what you're going to do. Oh, just, well, they they used him as an opener last year. So I was surprised about that, too. I kind of friends of mine, like, what, what the heck's going on here? Yeah. Brett, 
Bart, I thought we weren't doing bullpen games this year. And the response I got was, well, Alex Wood might be following him. I'm like, okay, Wood's coming back from injury. But he didn't. didn't want to get an opener just to kind of give him a little bit of a softer runway for when he makes his return. But then they go to Ross Stripling, and then it's like, well, now what are we doing here? Um, Kyle Harrison will be great. The problem is a lot of these guys we want to see is that they're not on the 40-man roster. No, no. So, And there's going to be some 40-man roster configuring that they would have to do to bring some of these guys up. You know, like, they're not going to move off Stripling or Manaya, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit, too. Um, Why? Like, Why? They've invested a lot of money into them, and they're going to they're gonna be patient with them. Yeah, I know. it's it. That's just how they're going to operate. On your deals. Um. Well, they're on uh, option deals. So they need them to pitch well this year. I know. I, it, I'm looking at your your incredibly disappointed face as I, I mean, say this. Like, no, like, like, and let's have this conversation then about these free agents because, like, I'm look I'm looking at this right now. Like, you were talking about JD Davis, and you're frustrated. JD Davis is tearing the cover off the ball. I watched him in batting practice Saturday. He smoked four balls, smoked them, had nothing to show for it. JD Davis is the least of this team's problems. Like, I, I really like JD Davis. Is he a stopgap? Probably. Conforto. He's got 23 hits on the season, 120 at-bats. He's batting 193, all right? Conforto, I see what they see. Like, he's got seven jacks, but he's a feast or famine guy, He and he's been more famine than anything else. Wilmer Flores, stopgap. Mike Yastrzemski was promising. Now he's hurt, okay? I'll get to catcher in a second. Jock Peterson, eh, eh, like 235, couple of home runs, eh. Mitch Haniger batting 179, right? Like, there are... Their free agency situation has been pretty bad. If anything, Estrada's keeping them afloat. J.D. Davis is keeping them afloat. Casey Schmidt as of late. And then their catching situation is horrible defensively. It is horrible defensively. I watched Blake Sable and Joey Bart make mistakes in the Saturday game. Just bad. All right, bad. It's You're you're trying to teach a a new catcher. You're going to have to live with those growing pains. You don't have to – I mean – you might have to live with those growing pains for a while. I like him when Bart's behind the plate a little bit more just because he's bringing a, some defensive juice there. He's a lot better at throwing guys out. I think he's gotten much better at framing pitches. Bart is, I think, noticeably improving on defense. I do think he will be a defensive first. Well, ca- did, his defense will be better than his offense. Did you see I the play, did you see the play on Saturday when he dropped the ball? There was a guy stealing second base, and he didn't even slow down. He went second to home. I've never seen that in a big league game. That's yeah. little league type stuff. And then I mean, Blake Sager comes in, and the same thing. thing. This is the kind of growing pains that we're just going to have to deal with with bringing these guys up here. Um, and, and that's where I think. But when, when you talk about and we can get back to the free agents in a second. I just want one last note here in yeah. terms of just kind of with guys we bring up. In terms of just the 40-man roster, I mean, again, I don't know. We can't really do anything about Jock, Conforto, Hanniger, those guys, or Wilmer Flores. But guys like guys Isley, Isan Diaz, uh, Cal Stevenson, those are guys who are also on the 40-man roster. And – if you need to, you know, bump those guys off to get like a Grant McRae or some other guy who's in the lower minors and the upper minors to sneak them onto the roster, like Brett Wisely's doing nothing for this team. Brett you know, Wy- you're not losing sleep if you DFA no, Brett Wisely. You can move off those guys and yeah, Matt Beatty. You acquired Matt Beatty. Why? Why? Yeah. At this point, like, and I know, like, whatever would happen with Bryce Johnson, like, I'd rather see him for two or three weeks, and then if it doesn't work, DFA him too. Mm-hmm. And I think that yeah, those are the guys who I think you might want to keep your eye on just these next few weeks. Yes, and do want to dive more into the minor leagues and to bring guys up, like those fringe guys on the forty-man roster. Those are probably the guys who will most likely be expendable there. Can I ask you this? Yes. Are you like, like, okay, Matos? Uh, uh, excuse me, not Matos, uh, Ramos. Okay. Elliot Ramos. What do they lose if they bring him up and he bats under 200? 
Like, what are they really losing? He has no trade value. No one's no, no one's jumping over them. At the least let's see. Gotta know. We need to know for sure. Is Ramos a part of the future? You bring him up. Well, then you tra- find out. He's been and struggling at AAA. He's it's been struggling like, at AAA. And just give yeah. him a chance and let's just see it. Yeah, because at this point, if you're sitting here saying we can't bring up Ramos because of a playoff spot, that's how you lose credibility with the fan base. I totally agree. You are listening to the uh, Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Sam Lubman and Joe Shasky coming at you every week with all the best Giants content we can think of. Make sure you're liking, reviewing, subscribing, and sharing because you do not want to miss any of the stuff that we are bringing for you guys. Before we get out of here, I know we got a few minutes left. Uh, Giants just had kind of a rough weekend in Arizona. Shasky, you were there for it. And I also kind of want to touch back on some of these free agent stuff here a little bit as well because the Giants, again, it's just bad right now. They're 17 and 23 or something like that. And a big part of that is the five free agents that they signed over this offseason really have not been producing. We talked about Conforto a little bit. Uh, and out of the you know five free agents they signed, him, Hanniger, Sean Manaya, Ross Stripling, Taylor Rogers, Conforto's probably looking like the least troublesome right now. Uh, right now, which, I mean, that's kind of saying something. Uh, he's been looking a little bit better of late. I think he's like six for his last 18. I think this is a problem with, with Conforto, and we can kind of rat-a-tat these. I think it's just a product of he's been out for a while and is still trying to get reacclimated to the big league level. Shasky, are, are, do you have a concern level in Conforto, or are you just kind of like, give me whatever, I just want someone else? I mean, at this point with Conforto, if anyone's willing to take him on, just just move him. Like, he does nothing for me. And I like him as a player, like I do, but he's not in the long-term future plans for this yeah. team. And if he doesn't do well, you're on the hook next year right because he's got the player option if he does do well he's opting out like i hate these kind of deals quite honestly when when you're looking for out actual outfield uh productivity the jock peterson one-year deal honestly yeah i i was i was i think it was billy bean i think once said there's just no such thing as a bad one-year deal jock peterson could very well test that theory this year weird I feel like he hasn't even played this year. Like it's it's honestly been very minimal impact. And you're not seeing him in the field as much. So when you don't see him in the field as much, you're probably not thinking about him as much. He's only a DH. So maybe that's a good thing. You know, we don't want to think about Jock in the field right now. I'm out on I'm out on Conforto. Mitch Hanniger, I'm still holding out hope, although it looks bad. Like it just does. He's trying to swing for the fence every time. Well, that's my biggest problem. Is like, dude, choke up a little. Yeah. Choke up a little and go the other way. The, the, the whole entire team, their two-strike approach doesn't change from the rest of their at-bat. And they're swinging right through everything trying to hit bombs. Yeah, and he's he's, he's getting absolutely ripped apart by the off-speed pitches right now. Yeah. He's hitting 091 against off-speed pitches right now. And that's not like a, a terribly small sample size, but that's enough where it's like that that would be a career worse for Hanniger. Uh, he's got a career low walk rate. His strikeout rate is a career high now uh, in theory those can kind of come back down to early, early for him you know it is you could he, the, the small sample size card does yeah. apply there uh two other free agents who i want to get into and i i got to group these together and that's shamanai and ross stripling chasky got a fun little nugget for you and by fun i mean absolutely horrible Sh- uh, <laughs> these two have combined for negative 1.2 war on the season that is negative 1.2 war less than the guy they replaced, Carlos Rodon, who has yet to throw a pitch for the Yankees. So based off war, Carlos Rodon has been more valuable for the Yankees than Shamanaya and Ross Stripling. There's a little bit of context there, but still, that's just how bad it's been. 753 combined ERA in 55 innings. That's not a cheap 753 ERA. That's a well-earned 753 combined ERA. Uh, Manaya, he's getting hit harder than he ever has been in his career. This is a guy who's supposed to be a ground ball pitcher. He's got a career low ground ball rate. And 
you're seeing the, the movement, the velocity. It's more or less the same. He's just getting tattooed. He's not Rush, good. Rush He's not good. Case of the of, of the home run itis right now. And I thought it was completely like the Giants, they pride themselves in kind of putting guys in a position to succeed. Having Ross Stripling follow up John Brebby on Friday night in Arizona, a place where the ball can jump a little yes. bit more. Because people don't know. We, we all think, you know, Colorado is at elevation. Phoenix is also pretty high up there in the elevation level. So the ball, it jumps a little bit there as well, too. No, to the ball in. flies. Yeah, the ball really does fly there. So you, you got Stripling, who's having a serious issue with keeping fly balls in the yard. And then you have him pitch in Arizona like that, and he immediately gives up two home runs. I mean, that's just negligence on the Giants' part. I get you're committed to these two pitchers. You want them to turn Why? things around. Why so, are they committed to them? They're they need them to pitch well and washed. They need them to pitch well enough so they can opt out of these deals and not come back next year. That's the goal. I mean, you sign these guys to hope that they don't want to come back next year. That's the problem. And this herein lies a major flaw with the Giants' philosophy. When you build your teams on – you know, damaged goods, hoping that you can fix them. Sometimes you're going to get some goods that are just straight up damaged. And the Giants, which this is a miserable offseason to begin with, these guys are somehow making this miserable offseason even more miserable. Well, here, here's the silver lining on all those things that you know. Di Scafani actually looks good. So he mm-hmm. looks good as a bounce back. Like, I really like him. This is a horrific bullpen. Like, right now, there's not many. Uh, who do you trust? Like, let's go process of elimination. Forget who you don't trust. Who do you trust in the bullpen? Bullpen. Probably Camille Duvall okay. is number one right now. And then yeah. I would probably – very young. Yeah. And then probably only because I love touching hot stoves and not learning my lesson, probably Tyler Rogers. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Two. So, so one and a half guys. Yeah. I want to throw another name at you that I don't think you're going to be expecting in terms of – Alexander. I don't think you should trust him yet, but you can maybe lower your guard, and that's Taylor Rogers. I, now, the ERA, like it doesn't look good right now, but – this is a guy who, in his last 10 appearances, eight in a third innings, he's given up a goose egg in the uh, runs division. You know, he has not given up a run. The last time he gave up a run was when he gave up a four spot to the Dodgers back on April 12th that saw his ERA skyrocket. And he threw the glove in the garbage. Yeah, maybe it, maybe it worked. I oh, know. Garbage, well, kids. That's how you break out your slumps. Taylor Rogers, he's been a lot better. He's getting more ground balls. He's still getting the ball up in the air a little bit more than I'd like, but – you know, a couple weeks ago, we were really on edge whenever Taylor Rogers would come in. And again, I'm not saying that, okay, Taylor Rogers, we're good there. He's he's all nails right now. I'm less nervous about Taylor Rogers right now. And knock on wood that that kind of continues. Look, I just, I don't trust this bullpen at all. They had a guy Beck pitch over the weekend. I'm like, who is this guy? He's, he's, the, guy who, uh, he's the guy the Giants got for uh, Mark Melanson. Great. Yeah. He's weak. I mean, he's 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 garbage, right? You know, like Scott Alexander, I like, but he always seems to give up donks. You know what I mean? Like yeah. big time, big moonshots. And I also think defensively, the outfield has been hit and miss. Like the other night, uh, Conforto was way down the line and he had to die for a ball and just opened up the floodgates. He misplayed what I believe a home run ball that he might have been able to rob. I don't know, but he misplayed it. That's for sure. Almost yeah. killed himself into the fence. I just this pitching staff is nowhere near what everyone thought it was, and I was skeptical from the jump. And, and the it was supposed to be uh, the bullpen was supposed to be the least worrisome part for this why? team. Why? Why would you believe that? Like Ross yeah. Stripling and Manaya, all they're loaded. Like those guys as fringe starters, guys who could help your bullpen. They stink. They contending teams were laughing at you for picking up Ross Stripling. They saw him as someone who was completely finished. And right now, proof is in the pudding. And look, I'm not even mad because you know what. I thought Di Scalfani was washed, and he's got, what, this year and next year still on his deal? Eh, 
He looks like he's bouncing back. Like I'm, I'm excited about him. Logan Webb, early struggles. He looked great. He was rising with the fastball yesterday and getting some strikeouts. Yeah, offense let him down, and and he gave up the one run, and and he ended up, you know, getting a no decision in that game. All in all, like considering they've got about four arms of the fourteen that I trust, it's not that bad. Yeah. Well, we'll see what they can do to kind of turn things around this week. They got the Philadelphia Phillies in town this week. Bryce Harper. Four game set. Trey Turner. So you got the defending National League champs. If they can uh, play as well as they did the last time they faced a team that was in the World Series last year, that could work out well for the Giants. You know, they did take two or three from the Ashes. Maybe they can win a series against the Phillies. The Giants, they they, got to turn things around because – the NOS is starting to run away. The Dodgers look like they're still the Dodgers. The Diamondbacks, we saw what they're capable of. And if you think the Padres are going to be hovering below 500 all year long, you either A, know something that we don't, or B, you just haven't been paying attention. So we'll be interesting to see kind of how things play out this week. And then they got the Marlins in town after that. So I hope to be at those games. Hopefully nice. all you guys listening will be there too. Certainly the Giants would appreciate Friday that. night. Awesome. I will see Joe Shasky there on Friday night. So uh, for Sam Lubman and Joe Shasky, this is the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Make sure you're liking, rating, reviewing, subscribing, all those other stuff. And uh, we'll see you on the next one.